Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner. And I'm Hal Runkle. Hal Edward Runkle. Thanks to my mother, yes. That's right. Yes. I... Hal, just, you just got back from uh, a couple of weeks. Yes. In Italy. Yes. We, you know, we do a lot of work with the U.S. Army. Sure. And because we had to go over to Vicenza, Italy and work with the military families <laughs> terrible, there. Terrible, I know. terrible thing it's, that it's, you had to do. It's a rough life. So I dragged my wife along with me. Right, I'm sure she did not want to go. Oh, kicking and screaming the whole time. <laughs> and we spent two weeks in Italy together, just the two of us. Um, just had to work like three days, so. Now you were also, you were celebrating. 20 years. 20 years. Now marital it's, bliss. It's not actually, you haven't actually crossed the 20-year threshold. No, that is uh, in a week and a half. Okay, all right. But you're, you're rapidly approaching, and so this, the timing on this just all worked out. And it's the, because our kids, they go to this, our teenagers go to this um, two-week sleepaway camp in New Mexico, in the mountains of New Mexico, and so it just timed it perfectly with they were gone for that camp when we were gone, so... Uh. We didn't have to worry. Oh, very nice. Now, how did your kids get connected to this camp? Because you, you like, I know that that Hannah has gone for years and yeah, years. This was right? her seventh, I think, or sixth now. or something. Okay. You know, um, it's a camp I knew about kind of growing up, but it is a, it's affiliated with kind of our church in yeah. in some ways, and and so the deal is though, my sister lives in Texas, right, with her two daughters, and my sister is older. Her daughters are a little bit older than my kids, but they have just forged this amazing relationship with their cousins. Okay, yeah. So uh, my two nieces, Bailey, who is now a sophomore in college, about to be a junior, and Shelby, who's a senior in high school, are the best of friends with my daughter, who's about to be a junior, and my son, who's going into eighth grade. Okay. And they have spent, for instance, they have spent every Christmas morning together since... Ever? My daughter, my since my daughter was born. Wow, okay, all right. So yeah. we find a way. Every, to always get together Christmas? Every Christmas. Okay. And then we do some sort of vacation together every, every summer. And in fact, we were just... Well, oh, so anyways, the, the cousins started going to the camp. Mm-hmm. And then when Hannah was of age, she went with them. And then when Brandon was of age, he went with them. And so my two kids. Are camp people. Now, we, did you grow up going to summer camp? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would go to different camps, YMCA camps or boys. Like I do. Yeah. I was in Boy Scouts for a little while. I well, got out yeah. like sixth grade or so, okay. and, but I did camps like that. And then, and then I got involved with um, a Christian organization called Young Life, where oh, we yeah. did yeah. lots of stuff. Lot, in the lot, that's very familiar. And it was Jenny a, a camp person? Yeah, she was well? a Young Life. Uh, young she, she did Young Life stuff, but before that, but but she always did camps associated with soccer. She was big time soccer, and so oh, she I would see. always yeah. be travel soccer stuff. And yeah, see, I, I was listening to um, This American Life. Yes, the other NPR. day, we were driving down to Florida. I took my family on a little mini vacation down to Florida. Oh, really? Yeah, you go to Italy, I go to Florida. Um, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Except you were with your kids. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was not. Which is so not the same thing. No, it's not. From what you got. But we're hey, I here's was driving. What, I would find, I would I think I would take Italy I would take Florida with my wife for a week. Over, over Italy, Italy with my kids. With your kids for two weeks. So we're driving down there and we're listening to uh, this American life and and the episode was all about summer camp. Mm. It was all these different people's memories of summer camp. And it it, it brought up some nostalgia. Mm. I, I didn't go to a lot of camps. I think I went to camp uh, maybe three years, mm. right? Um, my wife did not go to camp at all. She was not a summer Never. camp person. Never did. 
It was just never part of their interesting thing, right? And my kids, um, my kids went to camp last summer. I think they may have gone the summer before that, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, it made me wonder, like, are my kids growing up impoverished for not having gone right. to camp? What is it that summer camp teaches kids? What, you know... Uh, what what is the survival yeah. skill that they gain from that? Is other than what Garrison Keeler says that we send them to summer camp so they can learn how to poop in front of other people, <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> but I don't Ta-da. know what 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 is the what's the takeaway I, I from don't that? No, it could you know if, they learn the songs and they, they learn they, the, they learn some independence ghost right? stories they sitting take, around the camp, but they got to take thing. care. You know, if they're there for two weeks, they got to take care of their laundry. Yeah, know? they, okay. they got to take care of their own stuff. You know, now the camps that you went to were they two weeks long? Um, no, I would usually go to one week. Yeah, that's I what think, I remember. A week long, but you know, what's interesting. I've got my like my literary agent. She sends her kids and has since they were like seven years old to this four week camp in Michigan, and they live in San Francisco. Four weeks they take long. Them to Michigan. I mean, but in upstate Michigan. But there's a lot of folks in the Northeast who you know that's there every summer. It was you're well, gone and, for six and weeks. You're gone because for they eight don't weeks. they don't grow up around nature. Right. right, so they grow up in cities in these dense Absolutely. urban areas. That's a big so deal. This yeah. is the, the their opportunity to get out there and right. commune with. Nature. So I love the fact that you know my kids were in the mountains for two weeks without no cell, screens. Yeah, no screens, no cell. Yeah, that's phones. a big thing. I think that oh. that was one of the things they were talking about on this uh, radio show that uh, it reinforces the idea that kids can survive without that kind of technology. They don't just survive. They thrive. Absolutely. So this is a big selling point for oh, people, why be. they should send their kids to camp. Should now, for, for some people who are, who are listening, and, and even us, like mm-hmm. our kids live closer to nature. True. So true. So it's not as like much of a detachment, you know, as, as some of these kids who grow up inner city and then sure. they go off to a camp. Sure. You know. Sure. Sure. I, I, I like the fact that they're detached from technology i like that they're around college kids mm. who can be a good influence you yeah. know it, you know you and i've talked about this before but uh we love having other adults yeah you know helping speaking to our kids yeah it's important kids. that kids have another adult who will say the same kinds of things that their parents would say right but they they're not the ones who make the rules yeah and the idea that these camp counselors are college kids who you know yeah a little bit further down the road and of course they look up to them yeah yeah right and cuz they're all cool and right. they play acoustic but, guitar but they and do don't, all that these, kind of stuff these are the good college kids cuz they don't get these jobs right as all the right camp there's a screening process yeah, so you, you got to be vetted out and so so i like that aspect a lot and and i like them connecting with people from other states you know? Yeah, now that's because some camps they don't draw kids from other states as right. much. You know, some, especially if you do it with your church or with your right. synagogue or something like that. You know, um, it's mostly just people from your church. Yeah. Um. So, so this camp that you send your kids to, it's it draws states. from all over California to Georgia, right? Us, the, I think our kids came from Georgia, which was right. the farthest east. And okay. They came, but they, you know, it's from California, from Pacific Northwest, lots from Texas and you know the surrounding states. But I like that. Uh, I love any type. Here's what brings maturity, is when you have a system that is beginning to open itself up to engage with other systems. 
Mm. Okay, that's yeah. what forces maturity. Is you know you've got a clan. Think back, you know, hunter gatherer days. You got a clan that encounters another clan. Well, they do things differently. They have different rituals, and we right? have to figure out how to peacefully coexist. And it forces us to evaluate ours, which yeah. is part of maturity. Maybe is, their way of doing this is better than right? our way of doing and this. And why do we do it this way? So right. you expand that out when nations, societies, whatever you think about it. That's been. An interesting journey, for, because there have been other countries in this in this world's history that have remained closed off longer than others. Sure, like China. Yeah, right. And how interesting it is that when China does in the la- in the last forty years, you know, exponential economic growth, right. it's unbelievable, unprecedented. Because they've been more open. They've opened themselves up. Yeah, and now they have to though engage, and they and that's where they still struggle is when they're engaging culturally. With other societies. And it brings up, an, you know, I mean, just not to get too far into political science, but mm-hmm. the theory of, you know, if, if we don't like the way this country over there is handling their business, we'll just withdraw or we'll enforce an embargo on right. them. Well, that's the Taliban. Which only entrenches them in their way of doing things as right. opposed to engaging with them. Which forces them to mediate their their way sure. through this. Sure, and I, I, it's, it's that's what the Taliban always says is what we want to preserve this way Sharia law way of life as the way they're interpreting it because they're scared of the interaction with anything right. Western Western influence. Right. Right. They talk scared about, yeah. of that, and that's t- that's a closed system. But we do that in our families by trying to close ourselves off from. Television, close right, ourselves right. off from society, right? We do things a certain way, and we need to preserve that way. The problem is, the harder, the more rigid you are at trying to preserve that, then the youngest members of that clan, it's not going to make as much sense to, and they're going to use that as their rebellion, mm, right? And okay, so they're yeah, going yeah. to intentionally break from the traditions, right? Because it gives them a sense of self, and then they encounter other people, right? And so... It, I have always said, you know what, I want to be at the forefront of opening my kids' eyes to other things. I don't want them being uh, so attracted to other people's way of doing things because they need to break from our way. Right, right, where, where it's a rejection, a wholesale rejection. Right. It's it, it's an exploration, and that's a different process altogether. Absolutely. See, like we were just standing in John Kaplan's office, and we were talking about something he'd heard on the radio today, right. where this um, uh, radio host was talking about in their family what they've done to their son, right. uh, hovering and being such a helicopter parent that uh, their son has had, like the guy's wife has made their son the exact same breakfast, breakfast sandwich every day of his life. So much so that they've even named the sandwich for the boy, right? right. And it's the exact same thing with the exact same layers. And a, a couple of weeks ago, the boy complained to the mom because one the cheese was in the wrong mm, layer the of wrong the sandwich, order. right? It's in the wrong order. The special sauce the, needs to go on the middle on bun the, yeah, of not, the Mac. Yeah, not no, on the bottom No, it doesn't bun, go on the right? bottom bun of the Big Mac. It goes on the... And so, you know, we were just talking about how you're, it's almost like you're training your kids to have OCD. Oh, God. That. But also, it, that's, I, I think, uh, pity just, uh, that poor wife 10 years from now. Who inherits? Oh, that, that the whoever he ends up whoever marrying. he ends up marrying. Uh-huh. But but one of the things oh, that geez. sending kids to summer camp does. Oh, they, it's different routine. Yeah, you know, 
You don't get your special sandwich. You get the slop that everybody else is getting, <laughs> right? And that's good for you, yeah. right? It, it's, it it's good for yeah, you. Yeah, even if the food's not necessarily good for you. Yes. It, it is he- it, it, it's a psychologically and emotionally healthy process to go through the idea. Because it's it, a leveling process, too, because the, these are... Oh, it doesn't matter if these come from the richest families in Dallas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The ground the, is level. Yeah, the poor inner city kid in the from mess hall. Albuquerque. Yeah. yeah. We're all eating the same junk. We're all sleeping the same schedule, right? Yeah. We're in the same bunk that's on air conditioning that's got mosquitoes, you know? We're all going to suffer at the fate of the guys who are older than us. Like, one of the things they do, my son was telling me, they do what's called an axe bomb. You know, axe, the body spray? Oh, yeah, 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 it, yeah. Right? And so what they will do is put tape around the container so it's spraying out. Oh my goodness. Right? And so they will throw like and just throw that ten into of these a... things into their cabin <laughs> like... and then barricade the door. Right? Oh, and so the win- and close all the windows. Can you imagine how oh. awful I think it's brilliant, right? Yeah. And so it it doesn't matter Which what's... is probably still a preferable smell to what it oh, was what in it was? there before. Oh gosh. Yeah, exactly. I took. I think I told you last year. I took. A, I helped take our my son's travel baseball team to Cooperstown, New York. And yeah, we were in a cabin. Four men, twelve twelve year olds, wow. for a week. Wow, it was fascinating. The new encounters of that my olfactory senses <laughs> <laughs> engaged. What with. is it? Because uh, when we were on vacation just here uh, last week. I had my 11-year-old nephew mm. with me. Yeah. So my sister and brother-in-law had come down, and then they had to come back up for work. And they just, we said, well, just leave the sure. boy sure. here, right? So sure. so he's down there with us. What? Now, I have girls. Yes. I have three daughters. Uh, so this is, I don't spend a lot of time around 11-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, 11-year-old boys. boys. What, what, is, what is it with boys and poop jokes? Well, you and I still make poop jokes, dude. Well, I, yeah, I guess, but I don't what like, but that is a uniquely guy thing. I don't my know. My girls it, don't do that. My daughter does. My maybe daughter is almost she has, seventeen. Maybe because maybe she because grew up she with has, a boy. She has a, a brother. I have a picture on my phone. We're just painting my daughter's room, right? Yeah. I just scared you by saying you did, I had a yes, picture of yeah. her on my phone. Well, you said my daughter and poop and a picture on my phone, and I thought, wait, this can't go anywhere positive. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, no, she. we're painting her room. We're redoing her room. That was her 16th birthday present. And it's the first thing she paints on the wall with the new paint after we did the primer coat is the word poop. She just draws the... She just, just writes the, writes word, the poop. word poop. Yes, this okay. is bizarre huh. behavior for an almost 17-year-old, but it's... yeah. It's just funny. Okay. It's I don't, just funny. yeah. No, but boys, they're, you know, it's kind of like we're socially training them to, to, to do that. To do what? Yeah, to, <laughs> you know, to kind of hold up the, uh, the mantle of poop jokes. Well, it's, 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 it's a willingness to talk about the things that, like we were talking about at the experience at summer camp, universalizes everybody. Yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So everybody poops. Everybody poops. Yeah. Everybody struggles with poop. Everybody I has don't struggle with. You've it. never you struggled know. with well, poop. I you have struggles. Have. Yeah, you they have, have medicine struggles. for that yeah, now. They do. You don't, and that's you know, part of the struggle. No, it's a struggle. Struggle. <laughs> if if it's a struggle, you should see a doctor <laughs> or go to a drugstore. Exactly. Drink some juice. Yes. So, yeah. well, we were talking earlier about exposing. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, you've now just been exposed. Your system has been opened to yes. the presence of a young boy. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so you're talking about things as if they're new. And, and I... the opposite was the, the case as well. You know, watching him try to figure out how he fits into our system. Right. You know, he's it... an only child, so he doesn't hasn't had to um, uh, deal with siblings. Sure. 24-7, you know, he's had friends over for sleepovers or something like that, and he's spent some time around his cousins, my daughters, but not as much time as he has lately. Sure. So it's been fascinating to watch him figure out how to navigate that system, too. But if we take as the... as the, I don't want to say precedent. What word am I looking for? I don't know. Make one up. That's, yes, you're you're I, always I like making stuff make, up. Yeah. Uh, if we take as our purpose... I can't think of the word okay. I'm looking for. Insert generic P word here. Yes. Not poop. <laughs> if, if we take our purpose to prepare, that we're preparing our kids for a productive adulthood. Okay. Right? That's the entire purpose of parenting. Right, right, right. Preparing them for productive adulthood. Then exposing them to new situations without overwhelming them with having to do everything to survive in that new situation. Right, right. Oh, is a good thing. Uh, it's funny you should bring that up because one of the stories that uh, was told on this radio broadcast that generated this whole idea of yes. summer camp, uh, was about this uh, woman who had immigrated to America mm-hmm. in the 1950s from mm-hmm. Europe. Okay. And she hears all these people talking about sending their kids to summer camp. Mm. And somehow or other, she doesn't get all the details. She puts her kids in the car with a couple of bags of groceries and a tent and drives them to the beach and just drops them off. Oh, my. And said, and now this is back in the late fifties. Wow, you know, and just says, "Make do." This is summer camp. Oh my god! And the kids, obviously, are freaking out. Yes, don't leave us! Don't leave us! Oh, you're just, you know, all kids say that when you drop them off at summer camp. I've had these conversations in the laundromat with my friends, and Mm -hmm. and they're calling their mom from a payphone. You you have to come pick us up. No, this all kids say this. All you're just homesick. This is a normal part. And she left them there for like a week. Oh jeez, at the beach. Just, and and the, the woman who's telling the story was 12 at the time, and she had two younger brothers, and she was kind of in charge. And she said after a few days, they realized that they, the other people were looking at them. Like, where are the parents? Yes. The, you know, where are the grown-ups? And so they would, going on they, <laughs> they would do these little coping mechanisms. Like, the, in, in the morning, they would get up, and as they're leaving the tent, they would yell back in the tent, It's okay, Mom. You stay asleep. Oh, we're going, you know, wow. that kind of stuff. So, wow. <laughs> so to keep I'm, social services away. <laughs> Now, obviously, that is too open. Yes. Right? That you can be too much of an open system where you have no structure, no leadership whatsoever. And that's the thing about camp is it provides ostensibly a safe place. And statistically, I think that's borne out. You know, we hear these horror stories about whatever. But statistically speaking, camp is is a safe place where kids can explore having a, a slightly open system. Yes. And nothing uh, is going to be too radical. They're going to keep the boys and girls separate. They're going to, you know, there is a dress code. There is, you know, whatever. And there's a structure within the camp. My kids, uh, there's a, there's a banquet that happens on the second, the the last Thursday of the camp. There is a a dress up day and it has a theme each year. And And usually there's like a talent show or, you know, or a different camp or cabins competing against one, maybe an Olympics or something like that. Each camp has its own thing, right? Right. And I will tell you this. This is a cool story that happened to my son. 
talking about your son being around three girls. Well, I told my son has been around his sister his whole life, but also his two older cousins, right. who are my nieces, right? And so this has made him naturally very comfortable around girls. Yeah. And and he's been very comfortable. He he actually has kids. This is where his experience of childhood totally departs from mine, because he actually has other kids asking him how to talk to girls. Which, and again... Right. Well, no, I, I have no experience with... You have with, no experience at all? Oh, I have no understanding. But you had an older sister, and that I didn't did. affect you? Well, dude, he's actually decent looking. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would be the difference. That would be there. the difference, yeah, yeah. yes. I had... Uh, I had. I, you know what? No, I had a couple of friends who were girls, but... That, it, yeah. Uh, we don't want to turn this into my own therapy session okay, here. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited that, that I haven't, I've stopped the cycle, <laughs> <laughs> at least for now, uh, of being totally inept around women, um, around girls. But he, ha- he had not been to this camp because, for whatever reason, the last few years, the camp that my daughter and, and her cousins have been going to has coincided with my son's travel baseball Travel trips. baseball, yeah. Right, so this year it didn't, so he got to go. So it's been several years. He doesn't know anybody. He doesn't have friends. They have friends that they see every year at this camp. You but know, then it's and, weird because the only people he knows are girls. Yes. And so, like, the first time he went when he was in fourth grade, he was going over to their their cabin yeah, all the time, and that's... right? Because he was still struggling with... Uh, he, he had some issues sleeping away, but, you know, I still dropped him off anyways. Yeah. He's fine. Sure. Uh you got to come pick us up. I mean, he wakes yeah. up sometimes in the middle of the night in a corner shivering, but I don't think that's a problem. <laughs> I think it's, it's normal. It's all just part of the process. Yeah, it's all normal. Yeah, no. So, my If your kid does that, you should see you should talk to a pediatrician first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just wanted to put that was out that there. Was that the nice the yeah. PDA yeah, was, that we had yeah. to put there? The, <laughs> the, the PDA? No, what am I? The, the public public yeah, PDSA. PSA. Public service me, announcement, yes, not right. the public displays of affection. Nice how. It's early. So my sister took them to camp, had dropped them off up, up at this year because we were in Italy. Mm-hmm. And so she was kind of nervous. She loves her nephew and dotes on him. It's Is great. he going to be okay? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, but she said he walked right into the cabin. There was a bunch of guys all sitting there. He said, hey, guys, I'm Brandon. What's your name? And then he broke wind. Yeah, that was it. Okay, yeah. yeah he did that. No, he said poop. <laughs> My name is Poop Biscuit yeah. Jones. So Poop Biscuit Jones. <laughs> and so he was just comfortable and he ended up being comfortable, you know, talking to the girls and and it's just it's interesting when we do expose our kids and our families to, in an open way to other systems, other families, but not not without any structure or leadership, but right. when we do it, it's amazing how our kids do naturally grow up in some of the ways that we so hope to raise them, uh, hope them to develop. Or we want them to be at ease in social situations. Absolutely. Comfortable with themselves. We want them to feel confident about themselves and that, you know what, I feel a little competent that I can handle this, you know? And that doesn't happen if the message they're getting from us is, uh, I need you to stay closer. I need you. Yeah, I need to, you yeah. to stay closer. I'm a little worried about you. I don't think you know. Not realizing what you're just telling them is, I don't believe in you. I don't believe you can navigate that. Right. And then let me navigate it for you. Exactly. And then they're frustrated with, why don't you do things on your own? Why don't you go make friends? Why don't you call friends? You know, I, it, it it hurts me to see that because we let our anxiety do the talking, and we don't realize what it says. That when we let our anxiety do the talking, the messages we think we're sending out, I Are love you and I need the, to protect you, it's not what's getting not communicated. What's communicated is, I don't believe you're competent. 
I don't believe that you can handle this. I believe you need me to protect you forever. So you will never be able to live without me because I can't live without you. Right. So we send our kids to camp Mm -hmm. for a week, for two weeks, maybe even for four weeks. Sure. And we get them uh, engaged in that process before we send them away to college. Yes. For you know, four years, right? Or for even if it's you know four months at a time, right? Four weeks at a time, it it, it helps them. It's training. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's training. It's preparing them to yeah. be able to navigate because in college, that's so. I mean, that's sort of what the college experience is. Oh, it's sure. opening your system and exploring very much others. so, very much so. And so they need to see us opening up our system. And and if that makes you anxious, that probably means it's a good sign that, you know, it's something you need to do. Yeah. And, and early, early on, you know, take your kids traveling with you. Go to see different things, but go to awkward social situations like the, 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 the barbecue down the street with the neighbors, right? Mm-hmm. Do more and more of that so that they see something beyond what they see every day in your own situation. But isn't this the the source of a lot of conflict later on, especially as adults, mm-hmm. when uh, when we return home in our 40s, you know, we see sure. we see mom and dad on holidays and they still have in their minds that you're part of their system. Right. Not that you've now spent as much time out of their system as you did in. Well, sure. But here's what I see is that when you start to parent your own children differently than your the way your parents parented you. Well, yeah. And they see that. Because you've encountered another village that does it differently sure. and you've evaluated maybe their way of doing it is better right. than mine or, or works better for me. Which is a sign of maturity, yeah. is, is evaluating, right, so that you can pick and choose based on principles and not just based on tradition. But then your parents tend to take that very personally. They, they think it as a personal indictment. Yeah, you have, well, I guess we just didn't do right the way you wish we had. I guess we just failed. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, the, it's a specious argument. It's a, it's a, well, you, sure. always, you always it's hear It's an this. emotionally based argument. It, it is, but it's always this, look, uh, you know, here we... we Spanked you every day, um, up and down. Whether you uh, needed it or not. Whether you needed it or not. Chased with the belt, you and the you turned out all right. Race track. Right, exactly. <laughs> a race track. The, you never, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Remember the little no, plastic oh, race yeah, track? Yeah, 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 mine was the wooden spoon. <laughs> wooden spoon, yeah, we did. Wooden spoon on the back of the bare leg. Wow. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the belt and whatever. And well, you turned out okay. <laughs> My mother you just know? looked for whatever object was handy. It was there. And, and if it was a race track, that's what. Right. Yeah, the racer, the plastic racer. Yeah, the little uh, matchbox. Yeah, oh, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. yeah, I had those things. Orange. Yep, and that's. But it's a ridiculous argument, you know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous because what I want to say to him is, oh yeah, and uh, I was you know abused sexually a uh, couple of different ways by family member and unfortunately at a summer camp. Yeah. Right. And I turned out okay. So should we subject yeah, our kids? Exactly. Of course not. It's, it's, it's that, ridiculous. That ridiculous. It's stupid. It's, 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 but it, like you said, it's an emotional argument coming from them that is forcing them to evaluate themselves. But it's almost as if, and we talked about this in one of the podcasts previous, 
the 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 sticker on the back of the minivans that you mm-hmm. see now with the stick figures. Oh, sure, yeah. We talked about that a couple of podcasts that, ago, that, yeah. The, where they, they still have you frozen exactly. in time. In, in time. their mind, you're still, you're still 16 years old. You're still Maggie Simpson. And you still believe all the things you believed when you were 16, and you right. still make all the same assumptions and presuppositions that you did when you were 16. But you've had 25 years now right. to, to be exposed to different things and to learn new things. And it's just difficult when we go back to our family of origin, for holidays in particular, or yes. for on a family vacation. Summer We just trips, gravitate yeah. right back into that old role that we used to play. And then our spouse looks at us and says, Who, Who the heck are, are you? you? Exactly. What is that? Exactly. My, my, it, my wife will point out how we cross the border into Louisiana, and she can feel the accent creeping back <laughs> into her vocal cords. You know, it is amazing how many times and in diff- and many ways that we end up doing that. And, and hopefully, you do have a spouse, and my wife certainly like this. That hey, you know what? You know what? When your mom comes in town and you let her pick up after you, like you're that, twelve, yeah, it's it's really attractive. yeah, it's not attractive. Yeah, I don't like twelve I, year old I, boys. Exactly, I'm not into twelve year old <laughs> boys. I really love you, and that's not attractive. And that's why I'm telling you, and. But that's hard for spouses to do, whatever. But it's hard for us to recognize when it's happening to ourselves. But the thing about it is, is there is a way to honor your parents' way of raising you without duplicating that exact way. Right. And you get to the spirit of what they were trying to do. And so I've coached a lot of my clients through this to say, look, you know what? What you taught me, Dad, was to be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. about how I... And so you went to church, right, and learned the best ways to... You heard sermons and the best ways to parent, right? You you asked... When you first had a baby, you asked your mom, and right, and had got advice from lots of folks, right? So and that's so, what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm doing exactly the same thing you did. Exactly. It's leading to different results now. Exactly. Or different outcomes, but... Yeah, so there there is a way to honor our parents um, without embracing everything about them. And in reality, look, embracing everything about them is not very honorable. Right. Because what... They would do things, and they would say, most most honest parents mm-hmm. would say, you know, looking back at it, I think we made some mistakes. Oh, gosh. There are some things yeah. we would do differently. Well, then... Well, if... Uh, yes. Yeah, if, if there are things that you would do differently, then why are you right. angry that I'm doing some things differently? And see, as a, as a therapist, I get the perspective of I meet with grandparents. Mm. And you know what they really say? Is the thing that makes them cringe most is not when their kids are doing something differently than they did. What makes them cringe most is the exact opposite. Is when they when see they their kids see doing the kids ex- making the same mistake the that they made. Exact same thing they did. Way too uptight, right? Mm-hmm. The, the or way too laissez-faire. Yeah, one of the two. Right. And that's the, but th- those are the extremes that we tend to move towards, right? And those are the extremes we've been talking about. This whole podcast is about the, the closed system is too uptight, too rigid. I've got to make you the same breakfast every day. Yeah. You know. But then at the, on the other end of the spectrum, we just drop you off at the beach drop. with a couple of bags exactly. of groceries. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see, you, see you next week. Exactly. There is not one on parents middle... Parents visitation day. <laughs> oh my gosh, did you... Have you seen the video, speaking of summer camp, the video on YouTube of... <laughs> It's a sleepaway camp, and it's family visitation weekend. No, and they've got all the. Oh my gosh, you have to watch (laughs) this. Oh my gosh, and so it has all these parents lined up at the gates, 
right? No, yeah. The gates are not open. No. But they're lined up to go visit their kids, and then they open the gates, and these parents are sprinting. They and are th- this is not sprinting. a parody. No. This is a... It's oh unbelievable. Goodness. It's such... so they have to hold the parents yes, back. They do. They are sprinting to go see their kids. These guys, you see their big guts lumbering <laughs> around, you know, going, oh, I mean, it is such comedic wow. value. I, I got to send you the, the okay, link. Right, you on you. The oh, link my to that. gosh. It's like the perfect illustration of everything that's wrong with our parenting today. The perfect illustration. That we run to oh, because gosh. we're so uptight. At the fact that I haven't seen my kid in yeah. five days. Right. Wow. It, it's, it's remarkable. It is remarkable what our anxiety will tell us if we're not good enough at restraining our anxiety, managing it. You know what? Do I want to go see my kids on family weekend? Sure. Of course. But I'm going to be the guy standing back making fun of all those idiots tripping on their way, you know, <laughs> downhill. To, <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you tear your ACL? Well, it was, it was family visitation weekend. Oh, yeah, I, I understand. I get it. I was running. Yes, I stepped dude. in a hole. And, I've been yeah. there, dude. I know. It took me a year to recover, but man, that hug was so wonderful. Worth it? Oh, Wasn't it worth it? Uh, no, come on. You know, I, it's just I, I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. I love your kids, too. Thank you. I know you love your kids, but but I love them enough to to not do that. To not do that exactly. Exactly. I love my kids enough to not give them Cheerios every meal, and or or to make them their sandwich. This is the Annabelle sandwich. I can imagine handicapping my daughter to that extent, where she grows up thinking that her day is incomplete until she has the special sandwich that only I can make for her. See, what I'm thinking is. Man, I need to start training my kids to make my sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, make me one of those John yeah. sandwiches. Like, make me the house. Make me the please. daddy sandwich. Please. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, uh, we talked about this, uh, again, a, a couple of podcasts ago, but I wanted to come back and touch on this. Uh, as you know, um, my grandmother passed away recently, yes. and uh, and I was asked to, yes. to do the funeral. Yes. And and it, this has been sort of the that's sort of the cap on what's been a, a very interesting year mm. for us in this sense that uh, my father is mid seventies okay and um it, it, he had an experience it was about a year and a half ago where he fell and he shattered his wrist mm. and had to get you know eight screws put in pins there and all this kind of stuff yeah. pins and 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 my dad has always been a very very fit. Man, yeah, very you said he's very strong, yeah, very, very strong, lifted yeah. weights, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but as he's seen his uh, ability to recover from that surgery, right, and now he's uh, watching him Christmas. I remember seeing this, he was very careful, mm. and that's not my dad. My dad mm. has never been super careful about where he steps because he right. doesn't want to fall or break yeah. something, you know. And so, watching that has been difficult. But the other thing that's happened over the last year is gradually, more and more, he has begun deferring to me, mm. and we're in a we're in positions where he feels that he is on the decline, and that I am still, to some extent, ascending. Yes, um, I think I, I make more money than my dad does now. Right, and it, it's almost like the the. I read this the other day that the day somebody wrote the day my dad could no longer catch my fastball mm. was simultaneously the best and worst day of my mm. life. Yeah. You know, and, and so, so this sort of passing the torch that occurs, the Turkey knife, 
Yeah. 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 The yeah. first time your dad hands you the, the turkey the ele- knife. The electric one, knife. Yeah, and yeah. says, son, why don't you carve the turkey right. this year? That's a, that's a weird moment yeah. in a guy's life. So how do you, you have a boy. Yes. You have a son. What are you doing now to, to prepare yourself and him I can't for remember. that inevitability? Well, I can't remember if we talked about this uh, on the podcast, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but our dishwasher broke a few weeks ago. Did we talk about this? No. Okay. And it's just started leaking, you know? And there's a part of me that just says, ah, call somebody. But right. there's also yeah. a part of me that's, you know what? What am I t- teaching my son, right? The, so That you're a job creator? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's for, how I rationalize it in the my most, head. And for the most part, yes. I don't do the yard anymore. <laughs> but I still wonder, what is my son missing out by not doing the yard? You did the yard growing yeah. up, didn't you? Yeah, I had a I yard did. business, man. Yeah. I did it all the time. He's not doing it. And got somebody else to do it. Wow. You know, okay, I, yeah. I pay somebody to do it because it's going to look better than he does it. And then I don't. But so with the thing, the thing's leaking, and I'm just like, you know what? Here, here's the thought that in my head. My wife thinks it's sexy when I at least attempt to do things. Now, not big things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> big things. She thinks it's sexy when, when I you can whip out humbly a defer. <laughs> yes. But little things like painting the room, you know, or okay. you know, some yeah. And so there's just out of that's the there's and so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna look at this thing. And we're in the age of YouTube. You can sign, find a fix-it video true. for yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. How-to videos. So right. I get on there. I take a picture of the part. I look up whatever. And then I'm, I invite him to be a part of it. And by the end, it's a, it's a comedy of errors, right? We ordered the part. It's the wrong part. you <laughs> got to send it back in. It's Lucy trying to right. repair the dishwasher. Yes, but I just got this stick to thing that just kicked in that I don't always have. I've only, I've only written two books in 10 years. <laughs> so I don't always have this thing. Right, right. Right, but I've got this, and so, you know what? We're going to Lowe's. Let's go. And uh, then we get the part. We get this. That, and then he's working on it, and I rip the tube. Uh, I don't know where the tube goes back, and ah, oh, and so again geez. the t- ah, screw it. And then I was like, you know what? No, we're rolling that thing out, and we roll the thing out, and he's like participating with me in this thing. Dad, no, we can do this, we can do this, which I just love. And so we go to Lowe's together. We have to rig it with some other tubing, but we find it. He then, by the end, the last fifteen minutes, he's doing it totally on my, on his own. And so to just stand back in the kitchen and watch my son. He's on the ground. Right, both his hands are underneath the dishwasher, putting this part together mm-hmm. with a flashlight, little flashlight in his mouth. <laughs> right, <laughs> and he's laying down, and my wife and I are just standing back, looking at, thinking, "This is good parenting." Yeah, you know, yeah, this is good parenting because here's the deal: I caught him just walking by the dishwasher when it's running and working perfectly. Exactly. Kind of looking at it, giving the guy exactly. a nod to the exactly. dishwasher. You want to build your kid's self-esteem, give them a chance to accomplish something, and feel like they are a part of the entire process to actually help the family stay afloat. Right. You know, give them that, and that builds their self-esteem. And so, you know, traditional men things like that. Right now, like I will. Stuff. Yeah, but I will tell you, like things in the car. Now, my daughter's driving. Uh, just a simple, hey, it's out of washer, the window washer fluid. All right, come with me. Yeah. Let's go to the store. Let's buy some. Let's figure this yes, out. Let yes, me show you how to change now a you flat do tire. It. Let me right. show you how to, yeah, all that kind of I stuff. I think those, more than rituals, I, I, I don't want to decry that, that ritual, rituals are bad, but more oh, than not. these rite of passage rituals is 
inviting them to be a part of adult things where your hand side by side, shoulder to shoulder, training you because that lends them to feel more accomplished. And it's amazing how much their self-esteem and confidence grows when they see that, you know what? Not every kid knows how to do this, mm. you know? Yeah. And fewer and fewer kids know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you uh, you, you can't play basketball with your son anymore... Well, we I can shoot around. You can shoot around and stuff. Yeah. Uh, were you the dad who took it easy on him, or were you the dad who just dominated him? It depended on the day. Okay. But here's the deal. The truth is that now I'm having to work harder than I ever have at all sports because he's starting to beat me in, in all of them. Yeah. Right? And that's cool. That's a cool thing to happen. I hate that it has happened because I've been injured. Yeah. Because if I weren't injured, then I don't think it would happen yet. Certainly not in basketball. And certainly not in golf. Because you can still shoot pretty well. And in if my knee doesn't give out, I can play. Yeah. But but it's your knee it takes and your five back minutes and, and yeah, my yeah. back and I so that's what I hate. You know, it's uh, I'm I'm your dad, but I'm only forty one. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that do for you? Like when you give it your best shot and you still can't keep up with him. Is that does that fill you with pride? Does that make you sad? Is it mixed feelings? What is it? It's mixed feelings. It's mixed feelings. I hear maybe I lie to myself and tell me, well, I'm about to have knee surgery, and, and then, then you know, we'll after, see. After the yeah, six months yeah, of rehab, yeah. we will see. You know, <laughs> there's part of that, uh, but also, you know, I, I've I've told you this before, but I struggle too much focusing on his athletics. Right. Right. That, that I live vicariously through him. And I a lot of dads struggle with that. Every dad, in some degree, if their yeah. kids are showing athletic prowess, or what, or if they're showing artistic prowess, yeah, or any, it, yeah, whatever of, it is. Yeah, we, my we daughter, uh, my my wife, she confesses she focuses too much on my daughter's academics, and I focus too much on my son's athletics. And uh, so I I don't want to um, feel that much about it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, is there part of me pride that my son shoots a forty-one on nine holes and beats me and that's pretty dang cool. Yeah. Right? But then where do I want to take it is, okay, and now we've got private lessons lined up every day <laughs> in the next week, right? And you've got the personal yeah. trainer who's going, yeah. you know. I talked to so-and-so's dad, and he can get you in. Oh, it's gosh. Yeah. And I, I will find myself doing that while I'm, there's a part of me saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Right? That's where my anxiety takes over and speaks too loudly. Yeah. Right. But, we, you know, we've talked a, a lot before about this sort of crisis of masculinity sure. that our society is undergoing right now and and how do we help stem that tide how yeah. do we help our young men whether it's my nephew or your son understand what being a man right looks like right you know and um and the people who helped me understand that you know my dad obviously mm-hmm. the the biggest factor in all of that. And I, I'm watching him now and I'm I'm trying to learn from him now. That's what a man looks like in his seventies. You know what I mean? Right. And and uh and like like you like we just said, not embracing everything about that and, and trying to copy or or, or sure. you know pattern my life after his per se, but learning from that. And then, then sort of projecting myself thirty years into the future. Sure, you know what will I be like thirty years from now? What what will I want to do that I see him doing? What will I want to do differently? Right. You know, and, and yet through that whole process, figuring out how to honor him at the same time. 
And honoring him doesn't mean copying him. Right. But it also means you should be looking at lots of different 70-year-olds, 70-year-old men. Yeah. To see what are all the possibilities, right? Because you look at him, and it almost, because, uh, you know, you're adopted, but for normally... Uh, for for most people, they're going to mm-hmm. look at and see physically. This right, is right. Gonna, the you know, genetics. Yeah, or I see yeah. my dad, and I'm like, oh, bleh. but <laughs> <laughs> there are certain things like, oh, well, you know, it's inevitable, it's happening. But I don't want to just look to one source. I want to look to lots of sources. What are the possibilities? Of hmm. you know, because I, I and I want my son to do that because I don't want him to look at me and see I'm the uh, the only example of what it means to be 41, mm-hmm. right, as a man. And so what I want to expose him to, again, it's about being open, an open system. I want to expose him to lots of different visions of manhood, that you can be a man and a musician and not an athlete. You can be a man and an artist. You can be a man and an intellectual. You can be a man and an engineer and, you know, no and awkward social skills. You can still be a man. The, the difficulty is how do we train our kids to be authentic men, authentic women, when we don't know what real masculinity and real femininity looks exactly. like anymore, right? Yeah, that's, that's the real issue that I'm struggling yes. with. And so what I'm striving more is, well, here's what it means to be an adult, Mm. not a man. Here's what it means to be an adult. And an adult crosses the genders. It transcends gender. because, And ultimately, it's you just take responsibility. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you do what you're told. No, no. no, Taking responsibility means... You you, own your own stuff. You own your stuff. You own your choices. You don't blame anybody else for any choice that you make with your freedom. That's what responsibility is. And that's it's something that's been in the news a lot this week. You know, what, I don't know what news sources you were able to access when you were... Are you going to bring up Wienergate? <laughs> well, you know what? I was actually going to talk about um, Anthony Wiener, but also about Ryan Braun. Okay. So Ryan Braun, a Major League Baseball player who won the... MVP a couple of years ago, couple of years yeah, ago yeah. and then was suspended for using performance-enhancing drugs, which he vehemently denied, and and got off the and uh, got an appeal based accepted because the guy didn't take the sample right yeah, or whatever. Exactly. But it turns out he was cheating the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And now he's been suspended for the rest of the season. He stands up to make an apology that isn't really, really an, apology. an apology, right? You know, sure. it's kind of, but not really. And then of course you've got Anthony Weiner. You know, doing a similar kind At least it's of... a good apology, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, hey, I did it. It was wrong. Yeah. You know? I should have told you about this. I, I, I was afraid this was going to come out. Because, and... see, the deal, the Anthony Weiner thing is, they're both interesting to me. Because as a therapist, I, I think I have a somewhat of a unique perspective in that I understand behavior doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. Just because you've experienced horrible negative consequences, right. it doesn't just go away. Right. And all of us can attest to that. Sure. You know, that, okay, I got caught. It sucked. And you know what? A month later, I still find myself tempted to do the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's what has happened here. And we, but we standing from our seat of judgment yes, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and we're able to cast dispersions on these guys uh, for doing this. But at the same time, I don't. I, I, I recognize, though, that when you're upholding yourself to a standard and all the blessings that come with living at that standard, then you're going to have to take responsibility for that, and that means taking responsibility for the consequences of it. And that, to me, like, that's, that's the—if you get caught, okay, just own it. Right. Don't try to deflect it, and don't try to—just own it. 
Now, you don't have to, you know, not everyone is going to get caught by the national media and right. not everyone's going to have to hold a national press conference and all that kind of stuff. For most of us, it's a private, more of a private situation. Sure. But again, when you get confronted, just own it. And that's, you know what, though? That's, you're absolutely true. But the equivalent of you saying that is like saying, well, just eat less. <laughs> right? Just work out more. You know? Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course. Just own it. Sure. But we all know this. No, uh, exactly. It's doing it. Yeah, but that's the that's the myth of education that if you knew better, you would do better. Right. That's not true at all. No. We all know better. We all know we should be drinking close to a gallon of water a day. How many of us do it? That's right. Well, I just want to be state for the record that I yeah, hold true. in my hand a bottle of water and you have like Yeah. Cup of coffee. Yes, right uh, that's what it Let's is. Let's say it's coffee. Let's say it's coffee. They don't know. This is they don't this know. isn't video game. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us this week on You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream free. My name is John Allen Turner. I'm Hal Runkle. And we'll see you next week.